Fun Factory.com has partnered with Locker Room Talk and Shots. So when you use my special code, SELS20, you get 20% off your Fun Factory purchase. Just head to us.funfactory.com and use my code, SELS20, at checkout for 20% off sex toys, lube, massage oils, and more. Cheers. <laughs> Do the sex. Hi, this is Annette Benedetti, your hostess for Locker Room Talk and Shots, the podcast that likes to think of itself as the queer NPR of raunchy women's sex talk. You are about to sit in on the kind of conversations women have on their girls' nights out or behind closed doors while enjoying delicious drinks and dishing about sex. Think fun, honest, and feminist as fuck, and always with the goal of fighting the patriarchy, one female orgasm at a time. Welcome to the locker room. <laughs> Ring loop. Today's locker room talk topic is menopause and sex. So I have been pretty open about my age. I am 47 and definitely experiencing what I, I think is perimenopause. We're going to talk about that, but I have a guest here. Uh, she has appeared on a much earlier, one of our most popular episodes, uh, Andrea. Andrea, can you introduce yourself to listeners? Hello. Um, yes, I am a Let's see. Do they know where we are in Portland, Oregon? Yes, that we are we in Portland. About? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, born and raised Portland, Oregonian, through and through. Yep. And I work as a mental health therapist, right. and um, human sexuality is a specialty of mine. Yeah. And so, um, I really like working um, with people who are working through those kinds of issues, and um, also living non-traditional lifestyle. Right. So can you tell me about your non-traditional lifestyle? Yes, I identify as polyamorous. Mm -hmm. And um, so I am married, um, but I also date and have lovers outside of my primary relationship, as does my partner. And your identity, sexual identity. I am bisexual mm -hmm. and have been since forever, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, recently I have... Um, jumped back into dating a little more intensely than I was doing for a long time. After a break. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of new terminology out there and I'm um, realizing uh, demisexual is also something that um, helps me to find people that are going to be a good fit for me. So you currently d identify as demisexual, you think? I, I think so. And again, there's a lot of debate about there in terms of what does that really mean? And do you get to call yourself that? Right. <laughs> All these problems with, with the labels and so on and so forth. Um, I, I do find though that I feel that it, it rings true for me in the sense that I identify it as, um, you know, I'm only interested in relationships that have an emotional attachment component to okay. them in terms of my sex partners. I'm not a swinger or interested in having, um, you know, um, 
Yeah, meaningless sex with people. At least right. it feels meaningless to me. That, that would be a fair thing to say. Because, right. Yeah. And we do have a podcast on swingers. If you scroll back through our past episodes, you want to find out more about that and how an active swinger would identify that kind of connection, you can do that. Um, so, Andrea, I'm going to sum up that summary of you. You are a therapist here in Portland. You specialize in uh human sexuality and your clients have all sorts of issues around that. You identify as polyamorous. You have a primary partner and you're dating and you are bisexual, but also identifying as demisexual. Mm-hmm. We definitely need to do a podcast on identities because I, I do think for, especially for those of us who are a little bit older and suddenly we have these new words and this new language to describe experiences. We're like, Oh, well, maybe that's, that's what I am. I've definitely been um, discovering different parts of me. And uh, Andrea, how old are you? I am 50. Andrea is 50. And Andrea, what was the show? What was the previous podcast episode you were on with me? It was, um, oh gosh, why am I spacing it? I remember. Oh, I, I do. What, what, what women want men to stop doing in bed. What we need you to stop fucking doing. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea was on that episode and it gets a lot of downloads, which makes me happy because I'm going to assume at least 50% or above of those downloads are men wanting to know. And I appreciate you guys for taking the time to listen. So today's cocktail is the not surprising at all, the hot flash. Go grab yourself some cinnamon whiskey and then head on over to She Explores Life or scroll down to the description of this episode and you will find the recipe to that cocktail. So Andrea, let's have a hot flash together. Raise your glass and I am excited about talking about sex. Cheers. All right, let's get into it, Andrea. First of all, listeners, Some of you may know what menopause is. Some of you may have heard of it or not, but we're just going to define it for you. So my understanding of menopause is that the only clear definition I can find is that you are considered in menopause or menopausal when you have gone one full year without a period. Do you agree with that, Andrea? That is, you're fully officially in menopause. Right. When you have not bled in a year. So the 12 months leading up to that could be considered menopausal. Right. But you're not officially in menopause until you have fully not had your period for 12 months. Right. Okay. And then there's perimenopause. So this is where it gets confusing. My understanding is perimenopause is the period of time before menopause, but not when you're menopausal or in menopause where you're having symptoms leading up to your period stopping. So you still have your period, but you may have a list of other symptoms, which we're going to go through shortly. Do you agree with that? Yes. Perimenopause is the, t- the lead up to menopause. And there's also the the pre-perimenopause. Oh, I didn't know about that. that they, uh, yeah. They talk about that too, which I... It's really just the beginning stages of perimenopause, but they feel a need to add a pre to it, which just goes to show that people don't really know when or how this starts or when symptoms are officially 
symptoms of menopause on its way. People just don't know. And it happens at such different rates for different people that. Yeah, I will say, uh, going, being in some stage of this right now, um, as I am, I have been mortified at how little, like really good information there is out there and good support there is for women because man, you thought fucking adolescence hormone change was bad. Adolescence has nothing on this in my opinion, at least where ask me when, and here's the question, does menopause ever end? Or are you just in menopause until you die? Does it end when you die? Like, what's the deal? Mm -hmm. Do we know when it ends? I think it ends. No one ever said it didn't end. (laughs) (laughs) No one I know who made it to old age said their menopause never came to an end. Well, what does it mean for it to end? What would ending mean that you no longer have these weird symptoms and you just plateau? We'll be right back. My code SELS20 is your key to kicking off the sexiest new year ever had when you use it at funfactory.com. Enjoy 20% off Fun Factory's luxury products, including vibrators, cock rings, lube, and more when you use my code SELS20. Check out the Vim vibrating wand. Yes, the one featured on this podcast thumbnail. Grab the nose vibrating cock ring and experience more simultaneous orgasms in 2024. And don't forget to check out their rabbit style vibes. I'm talking about the lady by for toe curling blended O's all year long. Just fill your cart and use code SELS20 at checkout and enjoy 20% off when you shop funfactory.com. Cheers. You know, I'm I, since I'm so not there yet, I'm not just of that. I, I know a lot of women that have had hysterectomies and so they all seem to feel like menopause is is not something that they are dealing with because they don't have a uterus. Right. Um, so, Andrea, why don't you start by sharing some of the symptoms that uh, we know signify, let's say, perimenopause? For me, migraines and headaches were a really big symptom of the lead up to menopause. I I started, just started having lots of migraines, extreme fatigue, um, emotionality, depression. Um, and, uh, yeah, those were the big ones, just feeling crummy a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and, and not really understanding why. How about when it comes to your sex drive or your, your pussy, your vagina, your libido? Did you have any symptoms related to those things that you noticed right off the bat? My libido didn't get hit until I stopped bleeding. And then I did, there was a significant drop off. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking a lot about this too, because, I, you know, I've never been on the pill I've never taken a birth control. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've just, you know, condoms and vasectomies and other things I've used, you know, as as, as reassurance. Um, And so, you know, I think that I fertility enhanced my sex drive. Mm -hmm. And so, if anything, the lead up in some cases created more interest in sex. The lead up to... Your period to, to, to menopause, to, the lead up to, to menopause. So my perimenopause had, um, good sex, good sex drive. Everything was working fine. I remember, 
us having a conversation a handful of years ago. Andrea and I have known each other for a while. Do you remember us having a conversation about how we like felt like we just could fuck anything that moved because we were so horny and -hmm. that we thought it was because we were in perimenopause. So, (laughs) hey, folks, if you're looking to date someone who's really fucking horny, I'm telling you, women in their 40s, we are ready to bang. And, 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 and all sort of sorts of dirty ways that I didn't think about when I was younger, my sex drive, when I realized I was in perimenopause, I was like, my God, I am horny. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what fluctuation that is. One thing we haven't mentioned yet is that why all of this perimenopause menopause is happening is because our estrogen levels are dropping or fluctuating and, and then eventually dropping. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am not sure what fluctuation it is that causes, um, you to get super horny because I, I don't necessarily think estrogen dropping does it, but it's the fluctuation mm-hmm. it turns us into like sex monsters, at least you and I, and maybe right. not for everyone. And I have heard this consistently with women. Mm-hmm. So perimenopause can be a very fun, kinky, slutty time. Right. Well, and I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I actually am feeling like 50s in menopause is is a much sexier time. Oh, There's things that. that are about it that are are really fabulous, but you you do need to do the work. Right. It it is a little bit of work and effort, but it is really worth it and it it required for me a change in perspective too and mm-hmm. just even how I go about having sex now. And, you know, it was my situation was just, you know, it was compounded by the pandemic and some stressful life events that that were going down in 21 for me. And I really, and because of all of that together, and menopause, my, my sex drive just went so far, you know, down, like, I just, you know, had no interest. In fact, I was even masturbating once and could not bring myself to an orgasm, which was something that I never have a problem with. Lucky, lucky motherfucker. Yeah, or it seemed like (laughs) I had one, but I wasn't sure. I mean, that had never happened before. But it's like my body had no ability to process pleasure. All right. So I want to remind you of another conversation we had. So we had the conversation, Andrea and I, about being super horny a handful of years ago. And then I don't remember when it was, but it couldn't have been terribly long ago. We got together and I was talking to you about going through, like feeling the changes and you were not, I don't think you were in a good place at the moment. You did say to me, you're like, yep, well, pretty much menopause kills your sex drive, but the good news is you don't even care afterwards. And I was like, oh, no, no. Was one of the scariest things I've ever heard you say, and uh, it's so it's so funny now. Fast forward, what has to be about a year or two, and now you're telling me you've changed your mind on that, and I'm excited to get to that part mm-hmm. of the conversation. So we will save that uh, for a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, cheers. Let's like now is a good time. Cheers to that libido coming back in fifties, being fucking filthy. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm all about that. Filthy 50s. All right, motherfuckers. There's some good news. I need it because I'm in the thick of some crazy shit and we're going to get there. All right. So now hopefully we have defined there is perimenopause. Apparently there's pre-perimenopause. There is being menopausal, which is a precursor to menopause. And we have no fucking idea about when this all ends. So that's what we've given you so far. And I hope 
this is like a snapshot for you of the reality that women our age face. No one's giving us clear answers. We've been a little bit, we've been a lot disregarded, I think, by the medical community. Fuck them for that. I have a lot of like, I would say, mm, yeah, I've got some anger about it. Um, so, so many of us are currently just trying to find our way through this. So I'm really hoping that this podcast can add illumination to menopause and sex, not only for the women going through it and the vulva owners and uterus owners going through it, but also for their partners dealing with and trying to help them and also fuck them as they go through it. That's the goal for today. Where I think we should start now is now going deeper into the symptoms. We talked a little bit about okay. uh, migraines, but let's go over just the list Let's just list all of the symptoms women face during and can't. Now, women may face these symptoms, but not every woman will have every symptom. But I think we should list the ones we know about and the ones we've experienced. And these can be symptoms at any phase. So the ones you've all probably already heard about, hot flashes. You know, in my experience, they started, you know, during perimenopause and I would get a little hot flashy here and there. I thought those were hot flashes. And then they worked up to what I assume are the real hot flashes, waking up in bed, soaking wet. Uh, I had to one night I was traveling with my child and we were sharing a room and I woke up in a pool of sweat and had to stand in the middle of the room trying to air off. Um, and that leads me to sleep disturbance is just not being able to sleep well or at all. Uh, these are very common symptoms mm -hmm. you hear about. Uh, moodiness. I think one that's not talked about enough is the brain fog. I have found myself staring at a wall for like an hour and sort of just coming to and being like, where the fuck did the day go? Uh, I have loved ones, partners, family members who have told me, do you realize that you are forgetting things I told you like a week ago or mm -hmm. my memory trying to grab words out of the air? Mm -hmm. uh, that's been a big symptom for me. What do you want to add? And for depression, um, emotionality, uh, crying spells for no reason that I could identify. Right. I could not stop sobbing mm -hmm. for hours. And that's not functioning. You know, in the middle of your day, you don't have time. Or I did not have time to really be having breakdowns like that all right. of the time. And that was that was a big thing for me, too. Right, right. That uh, the other thing that I was not prepared for, no one had talked about that is, and there's a name for it. Unfortunately, I can't remember it. Muscle and joint pain. I kept thinking I was getting injured. I work out a lot. I love to mm -hmm. go to the gym. I was trying to learn how to surf. I was also building my current home literally with my bare hands digging sewer trenches and putting up drywall. And I was having all these, what I thought were injuries and what I've now learned. Um, muscle and joint pain is an actual symptom of perimenopause and menopause. So mm -hmm. that's another one that no one mm -hmm. had talked about. Uh, uh, my sex drive has been solid uh, though, as everybody knows now, I'm doing a 365 days of orgasms challenge. Part of my motivation for that, which I haven't talked about much, is I, I knew I was going to be going through 
perimenopause, probably into menopause, um, I had a lot of fear. I have a lot of fear around losing my sex drive because obviously I like to fuck. And I really like my identify identification as a sexual being. So one of the things I had been reading about, um, and it was suggested that by regularly pleasuring yourself, you can maintain your sex drive. So uh, my sex drive has been pretty darn good. Like I would say most days I get turned on to some extent. Oh God, why haven't I already mentioned this? I started gaining weight in weird ass places. Um, or I was noticing fat in weird places that I had never been before. My body was essentially re- rearranging itself. Mm. That sucked. That That is interesting. But yeah, bodies do change though. And I did feel shifts where that was concerned. And I also... Do ex- Again, a lot of this hit me after menopause. There's a lot of things out there that say, this is only good, this, like, hot flashes. You mentioned hot flashes. Yeah. I think I had a few and some night sweats, you know, in the lead up. But it was after, you know, mm-hmm. I was in menopause that they really started hitting. And it was ridiculous because, you know, I live with all men. So... <laughs> it's, you know, I'd be sitting there at dinner sweating and looking around at everybody. And I'm like, is, am I having a hot (laughs) flash or is, is the heat a little too high in here? And everyone would unanimously say, yep, you're having a hot flash. And I'm just profusely sweating (laughs) and everyone else is fine. Um, that would happen all the time. Are you still getting hot flashes? You know, recently they've, they've gone down a little bit. Mm. Um, but I think that that's because I'm, I've been doing a lot lately to just be healthier and to try to regulate my hormones a little bit better, but they did hit very recently in the last four or five days. And sure enough, I had migraines and I've been having a very hormonal week. And it's been a few months since I've had to deal with that. So you still go through like these phases and, you know, your body, it's like my body just hits these moments like, well, we're going to, we're going to, you know, be problematic for a while. Mm -hmm. So I, I think so folks, I decided as long as, um, I was done having babies, I was like, I decided to get the Marina IUD, which stops your period. And this was All at the same time as I was going through perimenopause. So my hot flashes weren't a big deal. Um, And even after I got the marina and it didn't stop my period all the way, I was still having periods. And then as COVID hit, I suddenly, my period stopped 100%. Now, I don't know, is that because of the marina or because I'm in menopause? I actually now talking to you think, well, I must be in menopause because all of a sudden my hot flashes went from, oh, I feel a little warm and have some perspiration to like, holy fucking shit. I am drenched in sweat. I uh, it's the weirdest feeling. So I think maybe maybe I am. I maybe you're right and menopause really kicks it up a notch a little bit. Uh I also started to get headaches. Now what I shared with Andrea is it just got so bad that oh, I think I'm a month in. A month ago I went to the doctor and I said I can't handle this. Like, this is too much. I had headaches that just, they came on in the evening a little bit. Uh, my foggy brain was too much. And I started uh, estrogen, or it's a hormone replacement therapy. I wear a patch. It kicks in some estrogen. And my headaches have gone away. My hot flashes are back to that perimenopausal. I get a little perspiration. And 
I've lost about a half inch to an inch off my hips and waist without trying, which, uh, so that's been really interesting. Um, I'm still horny, but I'm always horny. I'm extra horny. I haven't been laid in a couple of weeks now. So. Oh, well, that'll, that'll, yeah, that'll make you need some. That's for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, um, there are things that you can do and we're going to get to what you can do to relieve symptoms. And, and then more importantly, what we really want to talk about today is sex and menopause. We're giving you all of this other information because I think it's very important to the discussion. And I know you're all here to hear about hitting it while you're going through menopause, but I think it's important to start with like, what it is, what the symptoms are, and then how those symptoms play into your sexuality. Mm-hmm. So before we start to move on to really talking about fucking mm-hmm. during this time in our life, can you think of any other piece of information? Oh, well, the one we haven't talked about that I said I really wanted to talk about was what happens to your pussy, your vagina, mm-hmm. your vaginal canal, your yeah, during menopause. So I think this is super important. And I hope that you've all listened this far, because I think this information is really, really important. Oftentimes, you hear about the vaginal dryness that comes with perimenopause and menopause. I feel like that's people say, oh, it might hurt during menopause. They don't explain exactly why. And so I had assumed it was just that I'd get drier. I'm going to be honest with you. That hasn't been a big problem for me yet. And I think probably because I'm like masturbating all the time. (laughs) I don't know. That has not, I've actually been wetter than I have been in my whole life. And again, I think it's because I'm masturbating at least once a day. Uh, But Uh, when I went to my doctor and talked to my doctor about getting on estrogen and I said to her what I was doing, I said, Oh, I'm doing a 365 days of orgasms challenge. She was all on board with it. And I said, well, you know, cause I think it's a use it or lose it thing. And she said, well, that's not exactly accurate in it. She said it is accurate in one way. Uh, when it comes to penetrative sex, like I, if I'm just masturbating and stimulating my clit, that's great. And it might help with my libido. But what she said is very important is that going through menopause because of the drop in estrogen, your vagina can atrophy. And just that word alone freaks me the fuck out. And what that means is that you, um, the skin starts to thin. And so there can be bleeding uh, tearing, stuff like that. You can also experience inflammation. Um, and what else? Yeah. So thinning inflammation, dryness and atrophy. Now the good news is that if you are masturbating through penetrative sex with someone, uh, or, uh, penetrative toys. So you're using a vibrator or dildo inside of you that internal stimulation actually stimulates cell growth and can help keep your vagina from atrophying. So listen to me, folks, you don't need to do 365 days of orgasms challenge necessarily. You don't have to do this every day, but I would suggest penetration whether with yourself or someone else or fingers, I don't care what it is, a toy. I would say three times a week, two to three times a week if you can do it. Um, and that will help regenerate the cells and keep your vagina from atrophying. Well, I'm fucking myself a lot is what I'm saying. Well, and Kegels are still a great and powerful tool 
They're really good for me. And I do want, I'm so in awe of what you were doing. And that before I knew what you were doing, I did set out on a journey for myself starting at the beginning of the year. And I just tried to do one week, one week mm-hmm. of one orgasm every day, see how I feel. Mm-hmm. And for me, it became stressful. Mm-hmm. It, the pressure of getting that orgasm in became counterintuitive to the goal. Right. And still, this was a great experience. And and what the ultimate message is that that I'm going to have, and I'm going to say again at the end, is women, you know, when you hit menopause, especially, but any time in your life, really, but when you hit menopause, if you haven't done it yet, it is time to get to know your body. Absolutely. And how it works and what it's doing. Um, You know, orgasm for me is not the goal anymore. Right. My goal is ecstatic physical state. Ecstasy is my goal. Orgasm will happen. Right. If I work at the ecstasy goal. Right. So that is what I am doing to help myself. And it is really great. Kegels help me to get aroused. Yeah. And so I did get a weighted dildo, which I love. Oh, interesting. Yes, it is. Um, and and I bought it this year, and it is um, stainless steel. It's a weighted dildo. It's what does weighted. that mean? It's it's stainless. I should have brought it. It's stainless steel, and so it's heavy. And I didn't get it because this is this is going to be good for you know <laughs> for, or, for okay. weightlifting, you know, in my vagina, so that I don't atrophy. I didn't think of that. I just mm. liked the shape of it. I liked the feel of it in my hand. And, um, you know, it, it seems like I'm going to give this a try and you know, you have to warm it up in, in water, um, so that it's the right temperature. Oh, I kind of like cold shit in my vagina. It's great. If you like cold shit in I your do. vagina, it's and perfect butt. for that. Yeah. I like, I like, uh, those steel or glass butt plugs cause I like them cold. Yeah. Glass, weird? glass does good with <laughs> temperature too. Yeah. But as you all know, we all have our stainless steel coffee mugs and our stainless steel, mm. you know, water cups. It's because it holds temperature oh, and it regulates temperature, you know, great. So whatever temperature you want your device to be a stainless steel one is a really good alternative. And the heaviness of it, even if you're not like literally trying to Kegel while it's inside of you, the weight of it, you will feel it like just even resting it inside of you. So not to interrupt you, but so it's weighted, meaning you're specifically looking for something that's a weighted dildo. And then the purpose of it is how do you use it? Can you, I have not heard of this, so I want Walk me through it. What well, do you do? Well, when you say atrophy, yes. you know, as an issue, there it's not just, I mean, a way to dildo will help in terms of, you know, you can put um, also Benoit balls inside you. There's right. lots of things people do to strengthen the muscles of their vaginal walls. So you put, and I've never used Benoit balls. So I think it's time that I, I'm, I do that. Uh, I'm curious. So you put Benoit balls or the weighted dildo in you, and that's when you start doing kegels. Is that what you're telling me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that must also give you pleasure while you're doing it. It's also fun to do it with your lover's penis. Oh. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to use a tool, but, you know, you could take, you know, or another body part. And um, it's, it's exciting, you know, for them to feel you know, yeah, fingers. you're contracting around them right. in that way. Even what, depending on what mm-hmm. your 
partner has. So, and that is part of helping with that. Yeah, that would not only, that would be effective for avoiding the atrophy, but also strengthening those muscles. How many of you are giggling right now? <laughs> I like the idea that we would all be giggling together now. <laughs> now I'm a little more aroused. Um, yeah, so uh, giggles, there are toys. I have by the way, an article you head over to She Explores Life, and I will put the link in the description of this podcast. I have a whole list of toys uh, that can be used to strengthen your vagina and, and an article that talks about this very thing. And there's some awesome, awesome toys to try out. So um, it's time for all of us to go shopping. And here's the good news. When you look at that article, you will see uh, I have a I'm very lucky to be partnering with some really amazing uh, sex toy companies out there that are giving anyone who goes to my articles, use my link or um, uses my codes. Um, and you probably heard them at the beginning of the podcast, uh, 20% discount or, and in some cases 10, but oftentimes 20% discount. So do check that out. Um, not only does it support my show, but it supports your vagina. Seriously. I'm concerned about both the show and your vagina. So go buy those toys. Um, so I did want to talk about that before we kind of moved on to our experience. Mm -hmm. Taking care of your vagina through this phase of your life is super important because if you don't, then you're stuck with dealing with the aftermath if you want to continue to have sex in the rest of your life. And it can be very painful. Yeah. And I'm just an advocate of feeling sexy and I mean, even if you don't want to have sex with other people, you know, mm -hmm. no, being, being in, um, an ecstatic state for yourself mm -hmm. is, is the way to live. That's right. It is. One of the things I've learned having doing the 365 days of orgasms challenge is that masturbation really is an act of, of making love to yourself. And it's an act of self-love. And it has done wonders for me doing it through some of the struggles I've had. Also going through menopause, I've had a lot of uh, times where I have just felt uncomfortable in my own skin. I think that's one of the big effects um, I've noticed is feeling uncomfortable in my body. Like my body has felt foreign to me at times because of the weight gain, the changes, um, the sweating, not sleeping, uh, skin changes, I have struggled and masturbating every day has really just been this self act of self love and feeling sexy for that amount of time. Mm -hmm. I don't orgasm fast either. So my masturbation sex sessions, uh, sections yeah. often last, I would say easily anywhere from 15 minutes to 45 minutes. That's, yeah, that's still pretty good. When I was doing my week, I mean, I'm talking two hours mm -hmm. it took, and I only hit six out of seven days. Did you have toys? Uh, you know, I wasn't using a lot of toys, mm. and I found that, I mean, I did have a few things I could try, mm -hmm. but, you know, vibrators for me, um, and I did get a new one that, you know, is, right. is very nice. It was one of the ones that, that you have talked about. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, it doesn't help for me. I, right. I don't know why, um, but vibrators don't do very much other than help me get aroused a little bit. Right. They help me with the ecstatic state that I keep talking about, mm -hmm. um, but not long term. Here's a question. Have you used a clit sucker yet? I have one. 
and my husband bought it for me and I got it. And I actually was like in the sex store saying, I have one of these things and I don't get it. I don't understand how this is doing it for people. I'm glad it they're finding something that works for them. I'm really not understanding it. Maybe I'm not using it right, but I think I need something different. You and aren't. I got something different. So Right. So let me tell you, we'll talk more. We'll talk more about this after the show, but I had the same reaction the first time I tried to use one and then I got one and I figured it out. And then I was like, holy fucking shit, next level orgasms. We'll talk about that maybe in the future. But okay. True story. I was also like, <laughs> I even did it with, uh, when I was dating a woman briefly, I was like, and a lesbian, I was like, she should know what she's doing. She did not know what she was doing. Um, but I figured it out on my own when someone sent me a sex toy to try out. And I was like my brain and I primarily use clit suckers now. So cheers to, well, I was going to say clit suckers, but they don't work for you. So, but cheers to orgasms and self love. Right. Well, and I'm, I'm very curious that the girlfriend, was she young or was she older? You know me. I know. Okay. And this is why, why I, I'm into people in their 50s right now. Right. They all know what they're doing. Yeah. They all, so far, know what they're doing. So I've had like a proclivity at one point in time, but I'm now checking Nothing out. against the young people. I mean, I I've been checking them out. I'm like, it might be time to let my cougar out. But uh, <laughs> it was so fun. All right. So let's talk about sex. I hear you got fucked recently. So, but mm, I don't want to go times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go straight into that. I want to talk about kind of, I, so we've now talked about how at one point you and I were talking about wanting to fuck everyone. And then you went through this, I have no sex drive. So you had a period of time when you weren't dating and you weren't having sex and now you're kind of coming back to you. So can you talk a little bit about this journey and share your mm -hmm. experience? Absolutely. Um, so, and again, you know, my story is my story. So, and it, it goes in line with the pandemic. So for me to hit menopause while everyone's quarantining and you can't really date anyway, you know, there wasn't really a lot of opportunity to do much. Right. And it was a stressful time. And um, I am married, so I did have a partner at home. And, um, you know, we did have, I think, a reasonably healthy sex life. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there is uh, something to, you know, when you're with someone for a long time, you, you things get, you know, routine. We know. Routine. We know. <laughs> and, um, and it really isn't a problem. In fact, I, I appreciate that this is somebody I've always easily connected with on a sexual level. And so, and sometimes that goes away in relationships. So I value how easy it is, but it wasn't necessarily what it was once. Right. And, um, and then I did stop bleeding and I think my sex drive did start to go down mm -hmm. and, um, it wasn't a really big problem until I think 2021 when I started having to deal with the stress of coming out of the pandemic and trying to figure out what life was going to look like and dealing with some normal life transitions that would have been stressful anyway. Mm -hmm. I guess I just completely lost my ability to experience pleasure. Right. And, um, and that I've never had that before. 
And that was an eye-opening experience. And I'm, I value it because I think that if I hadn't gotten that bad, I wouldn't have stepped into 22 <laughs> and went, okay, things need to be done. Right. And it's interesting because, I mean, for, for my partner, sex is very important. Right. So I think a lot of people going through what I might have gone through or been going through or who are dealing with menopause are opting out. They're opting out of being sexually active. Um, and, you know, everyone has to do what they need to do for themselves. And it is a lot of work to, to decide, no, I want something different for myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I had the extra incentive of being in a relationship that, that needed that. Right. And so, um, and I needed this for myself as well. Right. So I did start, you know, um, an exploration and it started with the, what, every day for a week, kind of an experience. And I went to a sex store and I bought some vibrators and I bought some underwear. (laughs) I bought these funny underwear that had pearls that go from, Oh, I have have those. those? I have not used them. I, at first I went, what in the world is this? And then I thought, Oh. It's maybe it's supposed to stimulate you yeah, the through pearls, the day. Yeah. The pearls go up through your yeah. vagina and they're supposed to hit your clit. I was a little worried about the pearls hitting each other and pinching my I've never used it. But they, they 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 I wore them and and they were fun. I'm glad I got them. Did they turn you on? Should I try it? It did turn I think um it did turn me on to put something like that on. Mm-hmm. And I don't get as into sexy underwear. Here's another part of menopause is that one of the things we women are dealing with is the chance we don't look the way we used to. Mm-hmm. I used to wear a G-string and it looked so good. Yeah. You know, and now I put on a sexy pair of underwear and I'm like, you know, the grandma panties look better. <laughs> No, more attractive. I am not, I'm not getting on board with you that. I'm just, I refuse. <laughs> that's your self-perception. Right. Well, well that's, know. you know, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm thinking, mm, I don't know. But I wore them for myself anyway right. to see, you know, what the experience would be like because I wanted to see if it was stimulating. The um, It was fun. But if you have any kind, if you are not fully waxed, yeah. If you have any oh, kind God, of, of of butt hair at all, it's going to pinch the, and then that's going to be uncomfortable. But um, what if, you're saying is your pubic hair and your butt hair is going to get caught up in the pearls. It could, <laughs> it could. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So you want to make sure you're you you've got things taken care of where that's concerned. Um, but yeah, so I bought all these things, right? And um, and was journaling and um. You know, finding that, and then I started meeting people, and I started dating again. And um, how is that? <clears throat> it's been interesting because, and may I ask, uh, all genders? Yeah, I, I joined a bisexual um, dating app thing, so it was all bisexuals. What wait, what, what app is this? Bi Cupid is what it was. I had no idea. Yeah, and I mean, I del- I deliberately looked for a bisexual one. Um, and I was, you know, really wanting to, I mean, I really would love to find a girlfriend. It's been difficult. Um, and, and I'm also finding that, you know, I've changed a lot since the last time I was ever dating on the internet. Um, it's been 10 years since I was meeting people and I'm in a completely different space. I'm a completely different person. I have completely different standards and to be on a bisexual site in particular was eye opening. um, 
lots of unicorn hunters out there. Yeah. And, um, and I, I engaged in conversations with people that I knew I didn't want to necessarily date or meet. Um, because I'm fascinated with people and what they're doing and just getting to know people. And, um, and again, I'm relationship oriented. So, I mean, that was an important piece for me anyway. And I'm disappointed to say that it it was, I didn't meet a lot of people on that, that app, on that app. And I wasn't on any others. And I did make a few interesting connections. Um, for the most part, they didn't go anywhere, but I did meet, um, one person that I did form a, a wonderful connection with and that I am currently dating. And, um, and I met a, a couple and they are younger, but they identify as demisexual and yeah. they're polyamorous mm-hmm. and they're younger. And I'm just like, well, whatever happens here, I actually closed it down. I'm not on there anymore, but I took some people with me, right? right. <laughs> I guess you could say mm-hmm. only one of them is turning out to be a relationship at this point. You know, maybe somebody else could be down the line. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a good starting point. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so it's, it's helping me to figure out just who I am and what I want too. And you right. get, you get to 50 also, and you get to menopause and you're like, you know, I am so done compromising on anything in terms of my relationships and, and what I want to get close to. <laughs> Can I interject? I, you know, I guess I hadn't put them together so much, but I will say this. I think going, I think that going through menopause, it really does wake you up to the passage of time. And for me, like the finite nature of life. And so in my own dating life, in my sex life, I think about, I'm watching my, I have a young daughter in her twenties dating and all the shit she puts up with. And I realize now in my own intimate dating life, I don't do any of that. And I didn't think about how linked it is to going on this journey of experiencing my period stopping and my body changing and realizing it's an end of an era for me. It's an end of, I don't, like, I don't ever have to worry about pregnancy again. It's the end of even thinking about, oh, do I want to have a kid? When I look for partners, I'm not like, oh, I want to find someone to marry and raise a family with. It's very much like, why do I want a partner? What do I want in that partner? And if my partner isn't showing up with those things, am I going to continue this? So I I would say this is a benefit of menopause. Like it does really, it's very empowering for me as a woman. Mm-hmm. I feel oftentimes like I'm in the driver's seat. I don't feel, I think when I was younger, I, I just, I, there was definitely a, a more of a desperation to wanting to find a partner that mm-hmm. I put up with so much shit. Yes. And this is another great, this is another reason why the fifties are sexy. You know, you're not worried about getting pregnant anymore. You're not trying to fulfill a romantic dream or vision, or you're not, you're not building that thing that you're building when you're young or looking for that thing that you're looking for when you're young. Which, which society has told us we're looking, yes. we should look for when we're young. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes, you know, it, there's something to pay 
you know, off for going after those things. I mean, I, I did, right. you know, I, <clears throat> I got married and, and I have a child and no regrets. But when I looked for partners, when that's what I was trying to achieve for myself, I had a very different standard. And I mean, sadly, it's, it's, it's a less, it's a less real standard for, for what I want. You compromise more. Yes, you compromise more. You compromise because you think the payoff will be I get the family and I get the kids and these things that society told me I should want. Now, here's the great thing. Society has pretty much disregarded us post-40 women. Like, honestly, they don't think, uh, you know, you see in the movies, you will see a, quote, silver fox, an older man as the hero of a movie, but he's always with a younger, beautiful woman. You really don't see, um, and hopefully it's changing a little bit, but, but women of uh, over 40 are almost disregarded by a society. So sucks. It hurts our feelings. It also means a lot of work we have to do internally. However, it's wonderful because we can also write our own story Mm -hmm. and we get to decide how that looks. And because we aren't, we have no idea what this is supposed to look like. We get to go, well, I'm not going to have kids. So I'm looking for someone who is going to be like, I want to have this kind of sex. I want to have these kinds of experiences. I want to have this kind of relationship. And this is what I want in a partner. And if my partner isn't showing up with those things, well, I'm just going to go back out there and look for somebody else and somebody else because I'm not fucking compromising anymore. I'm not compromising anymore. Yeah. A critique of this website, or maybe it's a critique of people. Right. Um, Something I actually liked about the website is that there was a place to put your pictures that not everyone could see. Oh, the app, the dating app. The dating app. You had to allow access so you could have sexy private pictures in there that uh-huh. not everyone could see. Oh, I like that. Yeah, unless you allowed them to see it, and then you granted them access. Oh, you could do the nudes. Right, I right. Like and I, I didn't put up any nudes. And I did not put up a picture of myself either, because, yeah, um, you know, anyone could see it. I'm really glad I didn't do that, because I actually saw an old lover on there. <laughs> that I'm glad didn't see me because I had up a picture on my profile that was not obviously me. Right. Um, And then if I got to know, like started a conversation with someone, got to know them, I could show them my pictures if I wanted to. So here's my question. Do you find that being where you are in your, being in menopause, being 50, being in this transitional phase that you are more open to, sexual experimentation or doing kind of like, like joining a couple, like I, I, again, I'm drawing off of our past relationship. I don't recall, and I could have missed this, but that that was your cup of tea as much. Yeah, I I am absolutely more open now than, than I've been in the past. Why? Um, I think it's because my sex life has gotten really good lately and, and it's, it's on a trajectory and I trust my intuition and I am, I'm, I'm healthy. I have a guardedness that is healthy and that I, I know won't lead me astray. It's, it's about self-trust and self-knowledge. And so you can make decisions um, and things start to look different. You know, when you know you can do that, like, you know, like I know who I can trust now. I feel like I can read people better than I could when I was younger because of experience and time. So it's strange. We didn't plan this out, but I feel like we're almost 
listing benefits of menopause. So let's backtrack and let's sum those up a little bit right now. Cause I didn't, okay guys, I just didn't see this coming. I didn't see us. Uh, I didn't even put, I do outline uh, our conversations. I try to plan for these episodes. I never thought to put the benefits of menopause on here, but I guess there are. I would start off by saying one that we've kind of covered is it puts us in the position of, um, may of, um, you have to put in the work if you want to remain sexually healthy, right? So it puts you in the position mm-hmm. of... And there's a crossover. If you want to remain healthy right, mentally, emotionally, physically, you are... If you have sexual parts, you are a sexual being. Right. So you prioritize yourself, maybe for the first time in your whole fucking life, and you're like... I'm going to focus on my sexuality, my sexual being, and do what I need to do to stay sexy if you like sex and and prioritize that. And even if you don't want to have sex with other people, like Andrea said, you want to feel sexy. You want to feel like a sexual being and be healthy. So yeah, for me, menopause has next leveled, obviously, the work that I'm putting in because I'm fucking myself every day. Women apparently more than I, I'm going to assume because both of us have done this, we stop compromising in what we'll accept in partners. That's a huge bonus. And the two of us have done this. So I'm going to assume that we aren't the only ones. Um, that's another benefit. Apparently, well, I'm still and have always been pretty horny after at some point after going through the dip, that shit gets good. Why would you say that? What is your reason for that we'll be right back start the new year off with a bang my code explores 15 gets you 15 percent off womanizer.com's famous pleasure air tech sex toys you know the clit satisfying sucking sensation that guarantees explosive orgasms just go to womanizer.com and check out my personal favorite the womanizer duo 2 get ready for blended orgasms or the premium too. womanizer.com has something for you whether you are seeking clitastic satisfaction blended orgasms or explosive g-spot experiences just shop womanizer.com and use my code explores 15 at checkout for 15% off that's 15% off all womanizer.com products with my code explores 15 at checkout cheers There's, I mean, bottom line, there's less stress, less doubt. And why is there less stress? Um, not as much to worry about. Like I said, you know, you're not worried about getting pregnant. You're not, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm in this new place where, I mean, even a lot of older people haven't let go of this. It's not about getting an orgasm anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. And I would say if there is one thing, if there's one reason why I'm looking forward to the end of this challenge and I'm not even close, I have learned that the orgasm isn't the point. I will definitely continue to masturbate every day, but it will be really fun when I'm not uh, focused on wanting to get those orgasms. I will say one thing about my journey with the orgasm every day is I've learned to accept sometimes my orgasm is just a little twitch or a shudder that doesn't amount to much, much. And I allow myself to say, that's enough, Annette. You're tired. 
we're going to assume that was, it was a, it was a quiver. It was a quake. Uh, it doesn't happen a lot, but, um, the point is I do enjoy having that ecstasy every day. Do you do this thing where you, you get yourself to a point of being extremely aroused and stop so and experience the, the electricity of, of vibe, almost like you are vibrating yes. at this level of, of, you know, it's, you stay there long enough and you don't have a traditional orgasm, but you feel like you are a walking orgasm. Yes. Yeah, so it's called edging. Um, and I actually, long before this podcast was bo- born, I don't know how long, maybe a year or two before I had lost uh, my sexual interest. I was going through depression and in order to regain it, I started edging. And so I would masturbate to the point of, um, uh, almost orgasming and then I would pull back and then I'd master, I would spend maybe an hour just playing on the edge. And then eventually I would let myself, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, so something that has started to happen since I've done this experiment is now my orgasms are insane. They last forever. I can have orgasms that last a minute. Sometimes I think that this is probably what multiple orgasms are up to like two or three minutes. And I think that's as a result of the the work I'm doing. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I know more about my body now than I ever have in the past. That's another nice thing about this time in my life. You have to, as you're going through menopause, figure shit out because you have s- symptoms that are kind of scary. And so I don't know. I don't know about you, but I was just like, is this what's going on with my body? So I have really educated myself and learned a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another benefit is at this point in my life, I feel like I know more about myself and more of an ag- advocate for myself than I ever have been. Yeah. You know, so there's this sort of, there's all of these struggles you're going through and it is hard. It, this is a hard time in life. Like you don't, I don't, at this point, I'm not waking up very often and feeling like, oh, I feel wonderful today. I have to put some work in to get there because I have different symptoms going on. But at the same time, I'm really doing more self-care than I ever have in my whole life. I prioritize working out. I work out a lot. I prioritize looking at what my diet is. I prioritize masturbating. I have so many toys. I prioritize just making sure people are treating me well and supporting me. Mm-hmm. And if they are not, they are very quickly ousted from my life mm-hmm. without regrets. Yeah, I don't question when I hit that point. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of interesting. Uh, but Let's see, you got laid when? The other night. I want to hear about that. Tell me. Well, yeah. I mean, it's been a fun week because um, this person that I met, we had our first sex date on Thursday night. Was it the first time you had sex? With with this person, yes. Yes. And so, I mean, that's very exciting to, to yes. look forward to. Um, and I, it was, it was really wonderful because we, we chose to completely stay in, uh-huh. <laughs> of course, and, um, really just explore one another. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, it's been a while since I've been with someone new where I took literally, I mean, I think we took like four hours. Oh, yeah. 
That's the good stuff. Yeah. Fucking for hours. Yeah. I mean, and it wasn't fucking the whole time. It was like, you know, literally step by step, you know, where you're just, you're just kissing and then you just take off a top. Right. And then it's the other person. And then you're exploring and you're learning where they like to be touched and vice versa. Right. And, and then you move to removing, you know, everything eventually. And, um, yeah. And I mean, it took a while to even get to the, to the fucking, and then that was great also. So it, it, it was a lot of foreplay. There was so much foreplay. Right. Well, and that is sex. That's yes. sex, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, since it's been a while since I was with somebody new, it was also just really wonderful to experience a, a variety. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, again. Right. And, um, and I mean, here's a, a, another, I mean, I don't want to, it's like we're talking about the negatives and we end up talking about the positives and then it's like, well, here, here comes some of the negative again. I'm having this wonderful sexual experience, yes. romantic experience. And in the middle of, of it, I start getting these shooting pains in, mm. in the back of my head. Right. <laughs> and I, I do believe it was hormonal. Yes. Um, and I, I'm, it's just completely theorized. I don't know because my, my marital partner is fixed. So he's right. not fertile. This person is fertile. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if my body might have been responding to uh, a hormonal, you know, thing. And yeah. suddenly I've got shooting pain, headache, <laughs> you know, that, that I need to recover from before we can, you know, return to. So our, you stopped our party. We did. I, we had to stop. There right. was no way I could have continued. I mean, it was painful. Um, but that even that was a wonderful experience and that you learn a lot about the person you're with. Right. In a moment like that. Right. Um, so that happened. And since then, so, so I mean, I have this wonderful experience and I'm exhausted the next day and it takes me a few days to recover. Like I said, I've been having a very hormonal, you know, four or five days. Right. Um, and of course my, my sex drive is elevated. And so I did masturbate, you know, like a day later. Right. And again, while masturbating, shooting pains in the middle, like of, of, you know, pleasuring myself, I I have, you know, this in the same spot. Right. And, um, and so that was interesting and it, it also went away and I was able to finish, but this is a new thing for me and I'm certain it's connected (laughs) to being in menopause. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I did have sex with my husband today. No shooting pains. Interesting. Yeah. So, and I mean, to anyone who has not done poly or ethical non-monogamy, my marriage is in a better place than it has been in years now that we are dating other people again. We'll have to do a podcast. We have yeah. actually not done a podcast that really focuses on that, but both Andrea and I have experience with non-monogamy polyamory. I think you more than I, uh, but for years I was uh, non-monogamous and I kind of go in and out of that. But um, I also got headaches uh, was getting headaches from my menopausal symptoms and they would come on in the evening and you know, my, my partner is long distance. So, uh, they would come and then when it was time to do it, it would be a little bit of a struggle because it, it, for me, headaches just kill the mood altogether. Um, I did mention that I am using 
estrogen and I've only been doing it for a month, but my headaches are gone. So that's no longer going to be a block for me. Yeah. And I did, I did muse to myself, um, cause I was thinking about being here and talking about this and menopause and women's sexuality in general. And, you know, there's that old, I think, it, I don't know where it dates back to, but the whole honey, I have a headache you know, yeah. <laughs> now it's for you real. Know, excuse. It's like, well, I think it was always real. I yeah. think it was always like it, it became this thing that was perceived as, oh, that's just an excuse or a way to get out of it. But what if it's always been real and no one was listening? What if women have just been dealing with perimenopause, preperimenopause, hormonal fluctuations, and literally having headaches, sometimes in the middle of fucking. <laughs> and everyone thought they were just... We were just lying to get out of it. We were just trying to get out of it. But, you know, maybe it was real. We'll be right back. Kick off the new year with a jaw-dropping 30% off of some of the hottest sex toys. And my favorite, Gleam Lube, with code EXPLORERS30 when you shop thethruster.com. Known as the home of the incredible build-your-own thruster prime, thethruster.com is also partnered with lassiere.com, where you'll find gorgeous vibrating steel toys, and boutiquevoila.com, where you can grab a vibrating lipstick, a rubber ducky that gets lucky, or even get pounded by Thor's hammer, literally, all for 30% off with code EXPLORES30. Just head to thethruster.com where you'll find The Thruster, Lassier, and Boutique Voila and enjoy 30% off your site-wide purchases with code EXPLORES30 at checkout. Cheers. How sad. That's probably true. People don't listen to us very often. Well, now people are listening to us and that's why we're here. Oh my God, you guys, I can't believe I almost forgot to mention this. So I'm doing this masturbation everyday thing. Recently, I have started when I'm about to have an orgasm as I'm masturbating and getting closer to orgasm, I start just sweating buckets. Last night, I masturbated on the couch on my beautiful new couch while well, I was watching TV because I wanted to finish watching my show. And I'm like, oh God, it's late. I still have to masturbate. So I'm like, oh, whatever. I put the clit sucker on my clit. I'm watching TV because I'm like, it could take forever. So I might as well watch TV. This is where I'm at right now. Okay. This is where I'm at to get it in every day. And then I finally, after a good amount of time, start getting multitasking my orgasm. Holy (laughs) fucking shit. That's true. I started doing that at night. Like I'm like, I'm going to watch a show while I put the clit sucker on. Eventually I figure I'll come. Uh, But I start just sweating as the more excited I get the more I just start sweating and sweating until I finally come and I am drenched in in sweat. And at first I thought, well, maybe it's kind of hot in here, but this has been happening consistently. So I am confident. I, th- this is not something I have ever done before. I've never been a sweaty fucker. I'm literally <laughs> a sweat, mostly when it comes to the orgasm, I'm a sweaty masturbator. Wow. You know, I I think I've always sweat profusely. Really? I mean, not always during sex, but I think in general, I mean, I've always been like, I mean, you've seen me run. I mean, I'm drenched (sighs) at the end of a run. But a run, I'm talking like sex. I mean, I'm talking. I mean, it's happened during sex, but it's not as a constant. But, you know, I think any exerting activity is going to make me sweat a lot. (sighs) 
I orgasm sweaty. It's that is a new <laughs> thing. It is not very sexy. I mean, it maybe it comes off as sexy because it just seems like, oh, she's so worked up. She's sweating buckets for me. I can- it's sweaty is sexy. Is is it? I think it is. I mean, if people aren't thinking that it's a hot flash, I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't. That's the thing is, I don't know that it's a hot flash. It's just like profuse sweating while I'm get working myself up to orgasming. So that's that's happening, guys. That's I'm a sweaty fucker. It's hot. (laughs) (laughs) But that makes me feel better. That makes me feel better. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ways in which during sex, the menopause symptoms. Oh, during masturbation and and also during sex. Sometimes as I get close to coming, I will start cramping like period cramping. That's a new thing. And according to the doctor, they're like, oh, that's not necessarily associated with menopause. But I don't know. It's, I don't know. The weighted dildo made me cramp. Really? Yeah. And um, Thursday night made me cramp. And that combined with the with the headache, you know. So you had it in your masturbating and you started to cramp. Well, no. Like when I first used the weighted dildo. Right. Um, I had cramps the rest of the evening. Like. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I used it. I had an orgasm. And then. I, it felt like, you know, I was having cramps, like period cramps, but I wasn't bleeding. Right. And so that was interesting. I don't, I don't know why that is. And then on Thursday night, like I said, I felt like I might, I I definitely feel I was having a hormonal experience. I'm not sure if it was in response to being with a new partner. Right. Or, you know what, but um, along with the headache experience, I had cramps. Um, right. You know, yeah, I think it's related. So one thing we haven't mentioned yet when, when I started, um, when I went into perimenopause before you stop having periods, you start having them a lot or at random times. And as I was really getting into perimenopause, I started having periods every two weeks Mm -hmm. and sometimes sex would instigate and people, and again, do the research. They'll say, Oh, sex doesn't start periods, but I'm telling you I would fuck. And instantly my period would start, um, which sucks. And even now, sometimes like I'll get crampy or I get what I call my fake period where I feel like I should be on my period PMSy and crampy, but I don't bleed, but I worry about bleeding. Um, but if you are a, a woman or a vulva owner that is starting to have erratic periods or um, periods every two weeks and it's fucking up your sex life like it did mine, I want to suggest using the flex disc. Um, there's also soft discs, something called soft discs. If you go to the tampon section or the pad section or feminine hygiene section of your store, you will find these discs. And they're great if you want to continue being able to have sex and not worrying about starting bleeding or if you want to be able to have period sex. Uh, we just published a, a podcast episode on that and I talk about it there too. Uh, these discs just go up inside you. You can have penetrative sex with a cock. Um, they won't even feel it. You won't have a mess. Uh, you can enjoy sex. It can even make sex more pleasurable. So I want to kind of plug that. I will put a link in uh, the description of this podcast because one of the most uh, frustrating aspects of 
perimenopause and menopause is erratic, sporadic periods or breakthrough bleeding or just bleeding in at mm-hmm. weird times. And you don't want to have to stop having, because you're also still really horny during that time. Yeah. And excessive bleeding, like, like suddenly like a water, like, a, like I don't even know how that much blood <laughs> happened. could yeah. possibly have been coming out of me during, you yeah. know, my last, few, my last few years bleeding, I would get a period and it would just be like, you know, a hemorrhage. Mm. Mine would last long too for several weeks in mm-hmm. a row. So I really got into using the flex disc then so I could have period sex. So there are things out there to work around these problems. And I am definitely going to have the flex discs, any toys that are used to strengthen your vagina. I will try to put the article link just so that you guys all have a quick reference as you're listening and you're like, that's a problem for me. That's a problem for me. Now we just need some really good towels. Like, I don't know, there must be sex blankets out there that help when you're like sweating a lot <laughs> and you don't want to be, I hate, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I just need to lean into it. Well, I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm so used to sweating profusely that I don't know. Yeah, we went, When you said towels, I was still on the period thing. I'm like, yeah, I always laid down a towel. It was fine. <laughs> I just sat on a towel. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a poll to see how people feel about sweaty, sweaty sex. See how many people are like sexy and how many people are like, ew. Um, I guess, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking more people are going to be down than against that. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers to people who are down with sweaty, sweaty, sloppy, messy sex. Yes. I mean, isn't that the best? All right. That's fine. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. I just don't want to be the sweaty one. I want to be the dry. You don't want to be dry. You're right. I don't want to be dry. You're right. All right. All right. I don't. I'm just, I have to reframe my mind. So your sex drive has returned. It is it is improving. Um, what have you done and what do you think has led to it returning after it dropped off? Well, it's a self-love work. Um, you know, and it's it's recognizing pleasure outside of, you know, what we normally identify as the goal in sex. Um, orgasm. Yeah. And yeah. Um I also read a book that really helped me learn about myself. What was the book? Uh, I can't imagine you haven't talked about it a ton, given the theme, but Come As You Are. I have not really talked about it (gasps) a lot, and I haven't read it. Okay, everyone needs to read this book if you want to understand yourself better. (laughs) Right. And, um, I mean, yes, all women definitely... Please, uh, Emily, um, I'll bring it up. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly, but Emily Nagoski, PhD, um, has written what I consider to be brown, groundbreaking, um, you know, new science about um, female sexuality. It's called Come As You Are. And um, it's, it's, on one hand, it's like not shocking. It seems like, oh, duh. How did I not see it all? She breaks it down, though, and gives you language to discuss things that may have been hard to talk about or understand right. about yourself. And um, if you, you know, are um, 
you know, someone who feels that you are a woman working through your own sexuality, mm -hmm. or if you are somebody who loves a woman who is working on her sexuality, this is a book I highly recommend. So would you agree that the menopausal, perimenopausal and menopausal years are a time when women oftentimes are looking at reconsidering and figuring out their sexuality? I hope so. I know that that, that it is that for me. And me. And I have heard people say before, the 50s are a great time sexually. I've heard people say that before. Um, you know, my mother told me that years ago. She says the 50s are, are a great time, you know, for sex. Um, and, but I also, I mean, I know some people, some same age peers that are just not interested. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, everyone you know, has to do their own thing. Um, I do think there's a connection though, to, to having a healthy, um, relationship with your body and acknowledging your sexuality and, and being, um, you know, mentally and emotionally your best. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's a connection there. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I'm definitely reimagining my sexuality. I think, the other thing is during this time in your life, if you do have children, they tend to be getting older and you're like, oh, I can date now. I can go away overnight now. And so you have to ask yourself, if you aren't in already in a long-term partnership, what is dating going to be like for me now? And what do I want out of it? And what do I want my sex life to be like? And where I had restricted myself, where I had restricted myself and felt a lot of shame in my younger years when thinking about a lot of the stuff this podcast has covered, the kinky stuff, I definitely hadn't really delved into my kink life until this time in my life. Now I'm like, I look at the sex world and the opportunity for sexual things that I can do. I have a sex bucket list. I'm like, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. Things that I would have never considered trying because I can do whatever the fuck I want to right now. I guess that's just how I feel. And I'm able to reimagine my sexuality. I've also definitely embraced my definition as a bisexual woman, but really figuring out what that means and how I want to live my truth. Mm -hmm. And I think that liberated feeling has come primarily with uh, the onset of perimenopause and really recognizing again, the f finite nature of life and wanting to take it all in and like experience it all, mm -hmm. you know, suddenly the idea of shame and the idea that some things aren't okay for me to do seems silly. I'm like, why, why would I be ashamed? What's the point? Mm -hmm. So yeah, and we only live once. Yeah, as, as they say. As they probably. say. Probably. <laughs> as far as we know, some people don't believe that. So here's to just doing it all, doing it however all. you want to. So I think we're to the part of the podcast where I want to, you know, give our listeners takeaways, things they can do to help with the different menopausal symptoms, experiences they're having. I mean, I want a takeaway list for listeners. What do we think are things that they should do, try, could do 
to help them through this process? Well, start with a self-assessment. Where are you in your menopausal experience? Are you having symptoms? What are they? How is your sex life? What do you want it to be? And then you set your goals. It's, and and the, the, the way you get there is going to look different for everybody. But it starts with the self-awareness um, and the self-assessment um, of what your experience is, I think. Right. And, and even if your goal isn't, maybe you're not like, well, I want to be a super sexual person or I want to have a lot of sex. A goal that we should all have is keeping our body healthy. Mm-hmm. And that does mean things like doing what you need to do to keep from having vaginal atrophy, because that can cause pain outside of sex as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so figuring out what symptoms you have, and then there's a lot of different things you can do to manage those symptoms to get support with those symptoms. I chose recently to add in estrogen. Not everybody does that. What are you doing instead? Fasting, intermittent fasting helps me regulate my hormones the best so far. I, I, I don't do it all of the time, but it's an excellent way to, um, cleanse and get my hormone. The headaches go away. It's right. just b- bottom line. The headaches decrease. I start to feel better. Um, I can do it for a while and the results are long term. Like they, they last a while. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I don't have to keep fasting for them to continue for me to continue to feel better, um, for a significant period of time. Right. I would say if you are struggling with your libido, definitely masturbating every day for me or regularly has held my libido solid. And I'm not saying that that needs to be to orgasm. I have my own goals, Mm -hmm. but I think, and from what I've read by stimulating yourself every day, by getting yourself to that kind of ecstasy place, Mm -hmm. it helps keep your libido up there and, Mm -hmm. you know, doing what, what you want it to do. I, I've also heard that taking lube, I have not had an issue with wetness, but using a lubricant to, and massaging it into your vagina uh, regularly can help keep it wet. Yes. And I do want to talk about the psychological piece of, for me, it was there. And, and I don't, I haven't heard anyone else talk about this for themselves. So if this resonates for anybody, I'm, I'm open to a discussion about it, but needing lube was depressing for me. Interesting. Um, not, I mean, when when you're young and it's like, oh, you know, I'm wet. It's so sexy. And, you know, there's all these things that go into it in terms of, you know, your partner is making you wet. And, right. you know, and in the book I read, she talks about this thing called non-concordance. And, and it helped me to reconceptualize, you know, what a lot of those things that we tell ourselves in our head are. And still, there was this like, well, I don't want to need to buy lube. Mm. I don't want to have to bring lube. You know, <laughs> I want right. a naturally super juicy pussy. Uh, you know, um, and so that kind of became a goal. It's how can I naturally build up my own juices? How can I get them flowing right again? And have you found that masturbating it's, helps with that? It's sometimes masturbating isn't actually enough for me. Like I need that, um, I need to be creating 
uh, an emotional arousal arousal and an ecstatic experience for myself. And that, that Kegels do help, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, but actually masturbation has not been very foolproof for me. Yeah. So some of the stuff I read, which I, I, I mean, I can't speak from experience because I'm doing these naturally just because of what I'm doing. But I've read uh, suggesting watching porn or erotic things that turn you on, reading erotica, doing sex talk with your partner. Yeah. Hey, I would say one thing that does help me is I really would get aroused by taking nudes, sexy photos for, for myself. I found that very exciting to find angles and pictures of my body that I thought were attractive and sexy. Mm-hmm. That would keep me aroused. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Although I'm doing that less. What a lot of women in menopause are dealing with is um, grief. Yeah, and um, and not liking the image in the mirror yeah. anymore. But mirror work is something I've been doing more than, than taking sexy photographs than thinking, oh, this used to be so easier. I used to feel so much better about right. the pictures and the image that was there. Um, but actually doing mirror work where you are um, looking at yourself in the mirror and you are looking yourself in the eye and acknowledge- and appreciating yourself where you are now. Right. And and saying the love, loving, kind things that we all need to hear. Right. That is something I've done too recently that has been helpful. But I think also just grieving um, when you're watching movies which are sexy and they always center around younger women. And you suddenly realize, like, I don't fit this narrative. I'm not pictured here. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't even be able to be part of this kind of scene because of how old I am and what I look like. And I do feel a lot of weird grief. Oh, I'm never going to be back in this place where that is not something I ever felt before that I'm feeling now. And I think that that is very hard. Um, But also I'm kind of countering that by trying to be an advocate for that's bullshit women my age are sexy. And not only are there these lists of quote famous women who obviously have a lot of help Mm -hmm. uh, that look amazing and are doing amazing things, but everyday women in my age group are sexy and doing fucking kick-ass things Mm -hmm. and having awesome kinky sex and blah, blah, blah. So uh, not very many people even that are younger fit the narrative we're being fed. So of what we're supposed to look like and what's sexy. So- but that that resonates doing a lot of self-work and self-love and prioritizing yourself at this point in life and saying it's time to just prioritize me mm-hmm. and loving myself. And if you don't love me or you have something negative to say about how I look, you can get the fuck out. Yeah. So we've talked about some of the things you can do and it uh, really just has to do uh, with, you know, you've got to look at your diet. You got to look at, you get you have to sit down with your doctor and decide if you want to do hormone replacement therapy or not. There's a lot of fear around that for some people. I felt pretty confident deciding to do it. There are other intermittent fasting 
it sounds like is something you've tried that's worked. Mm -hmm. I've heard really good things about that. You have to uh, look into the toys. I am working with Fun Factory, which is uh, you can go online and look at their toys and they've got every kind of toy. I'm also looking with, uh, working with a smaller uh, company, uh, lingerboutique.com. And they actually primarily focus on what they call slow sex for women and mm. products that are designed uh, for women who just need to slow down, who may be struggling with an orgasm, with orgasm, who may be going through menopause, who may be going through other issues and struggling sexually. They, that is literally how lingerboutique.com came into being. I love the sound of it. Uh, so lingerboutique.com, I have a code for it is she explores 10 you get 10 percent all off of all of their products fun factory it is my code is s-e-l-s 20 and you get that's s-e-l-s 20 and you get 20 percent off all of their products when you use my code um but they they all have great products uh, from sex toys to lubes i want to plug uber lube i get it through lingerboutique.com if you are experiencing dryness or not, look, this shit feels so good. I have used it in my hair. I know that sounds weird, um, <laughs> but it it doesn't leave. It's not sticky. It, it works really well. I get frizzy hair. That's part of going through menopause and the changes in your body too. I use it to kind of like calm my hair down and it feels really good on my skin, but it's great for if you're experiencing dryness. So Uber Lube, you'll find it at lingerboutique.com. But there are so many products out there from toys to body products um, to help you navigate dryness, vaginal atrophy, to help you stimulate yourself and keep your, your libido up and going, keep your wetness mm -hmm. flowing, to keep your tissues down there feeling good and sexy. So are there any other tips we want to leave people with? I feel like we've dished out quite a few. Yeah. Benoit balls. I'm I'm gonna try out some Benoit balls. Or get the stainless steel dildo. I am going to look into <laughs> the stainless. I'm I'm into this idea. Of and you can throw it in the dishwasher or whatever oh, to I, clean it. <laughs> I wanted to share because we did talk about the clit sucker toy. So this is interesting. As I was doing my research for this podcast. Um, when they talked about women having a hard time getting aroused, they said apparently, and I did not have time to dig into this, that there is something called the Eros that doctors would, it sounds like it's like a, a quote medical device. And what it actually is, is like the clit sucker. It is, it goes, um, it's a suction thing that you put over the clitoris that does the same, it has the same suction technology that is in the clit sucking toys that basically, and, and I'm like, that's why these toys work. The suction, um, technology is actually, it's more of like a pump and it draws blood into the clit. And that's probably why mm. circulation up, is yeah. one of the, yes. It's when you look it up, it's like one of the reasons you're not getting wet as easily, or you can't orgasm as easily is that the blood flow to your genitals is slowed. And so what you're saying would help with that. Right. Very so go get a clit sucker and then really take time <laughs> to learn how to use it. it I, I want to talk to you after the show because I have the same um, issue that you did. But that also brings me to exercise. 
because the blood yes. flow slows down, I exercise a lot. I run several days a week. We're I lift runners. weights. We, we are runners. <laughs> I lift weights. Um, I make sure to be really active and go on walks regularly. So uh, exercise is important and you can get that when you are fucking. Yes. Yes. And it will increase your sex drive to to be running and walking and all of those things. Oh, you can get your partner to go down and suck on your clip for a while. Just suck it, suck it, suck that motherfucker. See, when they do that, I'm like, just lick it. You just I just prefer lick? that. I want it. I love yeah. the licking. No. I'm, I'll get there that way. Lick it too. Lick <laughs> it all. <laughs> suck it, lick it, flick it. I'll take it all. <laughs> just do it all. So listen, folks, if you have, because this is such a big topic and it doesn't just um, affect vulva owners and women, it affects their partners, even the penis owning partners. Mm -hmm. It's really important if you want to have a good sex life well after menopause in your 40s, this topic is important. If you have questions, if you have suggestions, if you have comments, if you feel like we got something wrong or something spoke to you, I really want to encourage you to email me um, at Annette at com. You can DM me on any of my socials. I am on Instagram at Being Benedetti. That's B-E-I-N-G, B-E-N-E-D-E-T-T-I. Or She Explores Life on Facebook and Instagram. Locker Room Talking Shots on Facebook and Instagram. I'm also addressing a lot of this shit on TikTok. I opened up a TikTok account. Finally, uh, Locker Room Talking Shots on TikTok. I am doing videos on YouTube. Annette Benedetti. I'm covering my 365 days of orgasms there and talking about all sorts of stuff. So you can check out the videos. Also go to sheexplorerslife.com. It is all sexually empowering content there. I have an e-newsletter. You'll get a pop-up. You can sign up. I hope you'll join me. I hope you'll join in. I hope you will send me your thoughts and information. Uh, I really want to have an ongoing conversation with my listeners. So, Andrea, thank you for joining me. I know that you'll be joining me again. We have a whole list of topics we want to talk about. So let's raise our hot flashes one last time. And until next time, we'll see you in the locker room. Cheers. (laughs) Ring loop. Bring sexy back in 2024 with hot lingerie, sensual body products, and adventurous sex toys from lovehoney.com, all at a 15% discount with code EXPLORES15. Embrace your inner bombshell with their gorgeous bra and panty sets, baby dolls, and corsets. Then explore your desires with their line of toys that range from vanilla is my flavor to tie me up and call me good girl daddy. And don't forget to treat yourself to a massage candle or essential body oil, all for 15% off with code EXPLORES15 when you shop lovehoney.com. That's right, 15% off on lingerie, sex toys, and more when you shop lovehoney.com and use code EXPLORES15 at checkout. Cheers.